This morning we were talking about um, mercy triumphing over judgment. And um, at some point today I was reading in the Psalms. And it says, um, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Um, it was a pretty good comfort, I thought, that um, whatever the work of the Lord is in your life, while we are uh, saying, in the midst of that work, while we are saying, Lord, I want to be teachable to your work. I want to I be instructed. I want to be teachable to this. In the midst of that, um, he's making sure that not one bone is broken and that we're perfectly kept. And that is a great deal of mercy. Anyway, that was an encouragement, and we can gather out here and worship. Nice to be together tonight, isn't it? Yes. 
That's kind of a watered down yes. I know how you feel sometimes. Um, I've been thinking about this. Uh, I'm not going to say that because everybody says I've been thinking about this. I've been reflecting on this word for, uh, for a while. And uh, like, I think I'm ready. Then I think, no, I'm not going to. Sh- I'm not ready to speak on this. Like, ever have that experience? Like something's real and then it's like. You get, you get clobbered or, you know, you feel demoralized about, do I, really, do I really believe this? And then I reflected on, the, and then I recalled, this one line came, that it's not about me. Right? It's about, if, if your point of reference is about you and how you feel, you're, you're not going to fare well. Like... Um, sometime I was thinking I'm not going to preach about this I, 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 sometime I will preach on shake it off because like, I like I need that like, I'm going to talk about the, the gathering here and the, and the value of the gathering but on a bad day it's just like it's, you, you know you got to dig deep until you realize that, it's, that this is God's idea not mine and, and uh, he, it's going to happen. He's going to have a people of like precious faith that he's gathering together. And uh, you hit setbacks. Uh, I think the term we heard today was there's a few zigs and zags. On a bad day, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like, do you ever notice a, a, a opportunity for division of it? In my 45 years of corporate experience here, I've noticed they've lessened. Like they, they, no, they haven't, have they? Like, you look, it doesn't take to, I mean, like you don't even have to lift the hood to find an opportunity for that. Um, it's just there. You, you do have to make a conscious choice, regardless of how you feel, to, to make a stand with the purpose of God in that he's gathering the people together. So, in all the battle in recent weeks, I woke up this morning and I, sometimes I pray, but I read, I looked through some, uh, my email, this is before I even, my feet hit the ground and I read, um, I want to read part of the open windows today because it, it really touched on where, what I was been thinking about. You should go back and read all of it, but, but it has to do with strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the spirit in the binding power of peace. He reads that in the Amplified. And uh, he says, uh, oneness in Christ as a body fitly framed together is what is portrayed. How is this perfect unity reached, right? By all that is individual and personal being left by the Lord being the focal center and by our giving diligence to maintain the unity in that way, keeping all personal things out. That's a killer. I mean, it's pretty basic. You know, no deep revelation. The killer to unity is personal interest anywhere. It can be, and it's getting more sophisticated. Personal interest is getting more decorated. 
and it's like harder to to get to at times but it it's there at times and when it's there it's a it's a silent killer uh, at least for the the present to to unity right in keeping Christ and his interest always in view how is this I'll skip down to the few sentences in the next paragraph and how is that kind of thing to be dealt with in order to keep the unity of the spirit rightly adequately on this basis alone by our saying this is not the Lord's interest this can never be of value to the Lord like you, uh, these are basics like at times you want to just rehearse this like this is not in the Lord's interest for me to retain this thought. Like, who's it, who is that thought really serving? Whose best interest is it presently serving? Most of the time, if it's, if it's sponsored by you-know-who, it's serving your own interest, not, not the interest of the, of, of the Lord or, or the people of God, right? Um, all that is individual and personal being left by the Lord being the focal center and by our giving diligence to me. Uh, let me see one here. Sorry. This is not the Lord's interest. This can never be of value to the Lord. This can never be to the glory and satisfaction. This can only mean injury to the Lord. That's a basic way of really putting it uh, bluntly to, to not... The further division and, or, and really the source of that, I, I suppose, is pretty simply put, it's in independence really can injure the Lord for the time being. But anyway, this started a while back, a few weeks back. I was working in the wood shop and I heard this line, uh, destroy it not. And um, must just been... The frame of thinking where I was that day, I knew exactly what it was referring to. Does anybody know what, where that verse comes from? That uh, destroy it not, it's in the Bible, right? For whatever reason, I knew exactly, it must just been very personal. It, it refers to a verse in, in Isaiah 65, you can turn there if you like. This chapter in Isaiah, it begins, uh, we'll start in maybe 21. Um, it says the Lord, he, he's really bent on, on destroying people that are rebellious. I've spread out my hands all day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that is not good after their own thoughts. There you go. You can underline that, by the way. That's a way that's not good. Just walking after your own thoughts, entertaining your own thoughts, putting your own thoughts above the mind of Christ. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrificeth in, in gardens and burneth incense upon the altars of brick. Verse six says, um, I will not keep silence, but will recompense even recompense under their bosom. Verse 8 is what I want to get to. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, destroy it not. For a blessing is in it. 
So will I do for my servant's sake, that I might might not destroy them all. It's out of the nations. It's foreordained in God's plan to preserve the cluster in which the new wine is found and a blessing in that new wine is found. And I think uh, to give you an idea of, of that blessing, just to prep you up a little bit, give you a little fuel here in case you're struggling with the idea that there's a blessing in the curse. In, in, <laughs> I'll get my words right too. There's a blessing in the cluster. See, so so new to me. I mean, I'm stumbling with finding the right words to describe it. You, do you believe tonight that there is a blessing that's found in the new wine in that cluster? Right. I do. I mean, if I can't believe that, like, what am I doing here? When you think of it like that. But to give you an idea of that blessing, I think you can relate to this. Well, you look at the, the Hebrew word for cluster, and it really is, it, it is eshkol, right? And that's a bunch or a cluster of grapes, right? And you know that word was found, right? Remember the, the line out of the, when the 12 spies were sent out, right? They came to the brook of eshkol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bear it between two. Picture this. This is a, this kind of like to give you a picture. If the kids are writing, drawing a picture of the blessing that's found in the cluster among God's people, when they really are gathered in unity, it's, it's a picture of two people, spies carrying on their shoulder. I had to do that once with my dad, carrying out, uh, thinking of hunting, um, I, my, the first deer that I shot. Now you gotta, I, I, this is not in my notes, it's off script, so hopefully I won't mess it up. But anyway, that said, shot this deer in, in, in Pennsylvania, the thick, high laurel, probably similar to the, to the uh, what's, what's the brush we hunt with out there? What? Alders, yeah, they're just impossible to get through. But anyway, so we had to carry this deer a long way. And so we, my dad found this pole. And, and so he had a, one end of it on his shoulder. And then I, I was uh, like 13. My dad must have been like, back then he, he must have been seven foot. So you can see like this, who got all the weight. I, never, I thought I was going to die, literally. I mean, it's like, I don't know if I want to hunt deer anymore after this. But we finally got through it. It, it was, I mean, it, it was this, this cluster that they found, the fruit that they found in the promised land was so full and so rough. Not just a little, little handful. It was such a stout blessing that they came upon, right? And the, the two, two of them had to carry it upon their shoulders. And the place was called the Brook Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. That's why they got that name because it was such a big bunch. It's like we, we, we were coming in and we 
hunt from hunting the other day. It's hunting season, so I'll talk about hunting. And anyway, um, we came by this lake, and this happened to be what they call the lake Bob Bob Lake. And uh, I can't remember ever. I, I know it was by it, but and actually, uh, we we one of the guys in our crew, James, shot a moose there on Monday. But that that lake was called that because back then Bob Costanzo. This is how lakes got their names, like the brook here of Eshkol got the name that because of the bunch of, and the cluster and the size of blessing there, where guys got our moose, we call that this and that, James Lake or Bob Lake. So you remember, just like how Indians probably get their names, if you know what I mean there. But we won't go there tonight. But. The picture that, uh, uh, that that's that's a picture of the blessing that they discovered. But you know what happened next? The the, the power of negativity really, uh, sadly, um, overwhelmed the blessing. And it's like that 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 sounds familiar on a bad day. The level of warfare surrounding the cluster or the bunch um, that God is really bringing together can can just minimize or obscure the, the magnitude of the blessing. Right? Yeah. I think I'm talking to myself here once again. The last time I spoke, I said that. But anyway, um, can, can, you, can you connect to the, to the level of negativity that followed that tremendous blessing that they had right there? They had evidence of it. And, and the fear of what? They just fear of the of the giants, fear of the impossibility, impossible situation. Just the just like it, just the negative outcome, the negative uh, the negative perspective, the lack of faith. However, I can say it to get resonate with us here tonight. It overwhelmed and diminished the blessing. You know, and, and, I, and I was thinking, uh, I st would start, re you know, kind of thinking about this. And then Seth uh, Baranofsky got up and he spoke, you know, about uh, responsibility. And I, and I thought, you know, this, because it's, it's, the negativity is usually, it's not the big things. It's the little things that work amongst the brethren. That if, if you don't get a hold of that, if you don't shake it off. Shake it off involves having some resilience. So you've been offended, so somebody hurt you, so this, whatever happened. If, if you and I can't learn to shake it off, we, and, and, as opposed to holding on to that and bearing, uh, bearing that negativity, you, uh, we won't see the, the full blessing of, that, there, that there is available in the cluster. It's just the small things that people do or they say, whatever it is, at times that we can hold to um, that really diminish the blessing. You know, I used to think, um, you know, we're a lot, we're probably considerably fewer now than what we were five years ago. Is that right? Just number wise, maybe 50, 50 people. I'm, I don't count anymore. I just know this. There was a time when I, when I just thought, especially at this time, it was so loud and so like just to get from A to B, 
It's just, this is impossible. If we had less people here, just it would be a lot easier. Just less people to deal with, less people to take care of. Less, you know, that's, that was a, that's what was being uh, marketed. <laughs> At least gone by my purview. Yeah, it was. You know, it just crossed my mind. It just, like, come to housing. It's like, how do we, fit, how do you fit these people in? How do you take care of them? How do you, you know, just overwhelmed with needs, right? Once again, it's, it, 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 that's a good spotting technique of who you're focused on. Yeah, you're not focused on the right source. And then, then I really had to realize this. Wake up to the fact that that wasn't going to change anything. What, what changed the most and gave me the most help was when I realized that, that the peace that I was looking for was not going to come from without. By, by half of you going someplace to start another farm. It, it, once again, right, it was an inside job. <laughs> it's just an inside job. Right, that right, you know, just having to wrestle down some demon that is working you over and you think, uh, you think if they would change, this would take care of it. If they would pick up their mess, you ever notice sometimes somebody leaves a mess and you think, so you, you let it go and you think that if they see that mess, they're going to, that'll, that'll take care of it. And it, it doesn't, or whatever it is, if you think, if you leave it and you think they're going to see it and acknowledge it, and they, maybe you just hope that they're the ones that get in. Seth B talked about, uh, was it you talked about cars, you know, whatever. Um, you, you get in, whoever left, Whoever, whoever left the messy bed at Fairbanks, I'm putting out our dirty laundry here. Do you think if that person was the one, they're never the ones that end up going there to sleep in that bed. They're not the ones that end up to get in the car that they left the mess in. Somebody else, you know, and they, how we're going to win the battle here is it just, just, you do the thing. Me do, I do it. Like, I, the, the war is not without, it's me. It's like, I have to fight there. I'm going to just clean this up. Somebody else, whatever it is. I'm only saying because in this context, or in any context, any marriage. I'm not just talking about our lifestyle here, but I mean just husband and wife and family trying to work things out. It's a lot of give and take. It's a lot of absorbing. It's a lot of selfless serving. And finally, it, somebody takes a hold of something and all of a sudden they're, you know, you change your attitude and they, they or your spirit and, and you find that God is free to deal with them as well. Now look here a minute. This is the, the new wine. And I thought about this, like the, the new thing. Because um, the new thing is really, is found in the cluster, right? The, the new wine. That's where it's found. I, I, does anybody like new things? Does anybody spend a lot of time Perhaps that I get times excessive when I'm looking to buy, searching, review, whatever for the, the, the next new thing. You, you know, we, we can expend a lot of energy looking for something new, right? And the next new thing. And you know what? You, you, the, I'm going to get to what really is new. But the new thing that really is satisfying is not the new thing that you think, most likely. Yeah. And sometimes it changes is needful. Sometimes a change or whatever is a jump start. But once again, it's really got to happen from the inside out, folks. 
But you know, the people and the, 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 the Athenians, you know, where Paul was sent there, you know, they were, they, they said they wanted to hear because they, 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 they heard stuff from him that they was new. And, and they said, like they were searching out for some new thing, right? <coughs> it was the philosophers. They said, may we knew what, know what this new doctrine, uh, whereof thou speakest. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these new things mean. For the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear of some new thing. I'm, I'm on this point because of where the, the new wine. It is new wine. That's, new wine is exciting. So anything new, right? But it wasn't because there was some hunger for what Paul had to say. They weren't hungry. It was really FOMA. Did anybody deal with FOMA? No, right, you heard the tone. FOMA. Like fear of missing out. Just like somebody says something, somebody does gets an opportunity, and all of a sudden, it's even hard to rejoice at times because you're like fear of missing out. And I'll, I'll just say this. Ecclesiastes says, the thing that hath been and is that, this is the God, and Brother Bill was touching his good, good devotion this morning. You could go back and listen to him about God, the unchangeableness of God, that his plan and his purpose for a people to, be, to come together, to be gathered together is sure and is safe and it's not in any way. My independence can assert and challenge it and wreak havoc with that for a while, but it's his plan. To bring a people together in unity and oneness, it's it it's 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 going to be, folks. I that's a different perspective that I guess I didn't all understand it. Perhaps like for some reason it's like the emphasis was more on me, and I have to do my part. But I I can I I'm finding a place of rest in the right kind of way, not indifference, but really resting. And with an understanding that God, he's got this, his plan right. is it's immutable, as we heard this morning. Right. His and, 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 and that's he says nothing, nothing that has been and is that which what shall be and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is this is Ecclesiastes one sounds like doesn't it? there is no new thing under the sun. I thought of Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever in Hebrews 13, I believe that is. And can I say, the new thing going on, right, that you, that you want to be afraid of missing out is the new thing that God is really doing. And, and, and I have to say it like this, I guess. The new thing God's doing is like, what's the, do you have to have some new thing going on all of a sudden? The, you know, God has to be doing cartwheels to keep your attention. With, with, with the new thing that he's doing, it may be new to you or me at times. I discover something new about God. But it wasn't new to God. It's been there all along. He, he's, he's, he's had it in place. It's not some new thing. It's not as if God has to say, oh my word, uh, the plan that I've had all along, it's just, it's coming up short. It's not working. These people aren't getting together. I got to come up with some new thing 
to, to get their attention again, to get them back on course, to believe that it's going to really work out. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need it. He, we're, we're probably serving the wrong God if we're constantly looking for some new thing from God. The new thing is happening as we really come into closer fellowship and commitment, really, in offering, in, in our eyes, things are being removed for us to really see more clearly what's been there all along, perhaps hiding in plain sight. You know, he's not... He, I, I, I search... Google's pretty good at finding most everything. But I don't think we're going to find God searching, what can I do to get these people's attention? Not going to... You won't find it in this searching history, right? Open windows. Once again, I read this <clears throat> about God's plan and his unchangeableness. And it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's the same. Oh, God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. This is Colossians 1.19. Do not take. Let me read that again. God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Do not take these as just words. Do understand that in every fragment there is this truth. In the dispensation in which you and I are now living, God has come to us in all his fullness. There is no more to be added. It's like, that's what's available in Christ. There is no more to be added. In his son we have all the absolute fullness of God. And it is out of that fullness that he speaks to us in his son. God has only one son in that sense, his only begotten son, which means there is no one to come after him. Therefore, God's last words is in his son. The son brings both the fullness and the finality of God. Nothing new, right, that he's doing. He's doing the same thing, right? And to me, I would describe it in Ephesians 1.10. What he's been doing all along. His interest really. In that dispensation of the fullness of times. He might. Gather together. In one. All things. That's been in place from the start. That's what's happening. That is safe and sure. Right. Hopefully we'll be a part of it. In Christ both which are in heaven. And which are in earth. Even in him. And I'm, I'm sure glad that, that, that his idea, of, that this was his plan, right? You ever, you ever realize, you, you never wonder why you and I at times come under a lot of pressure? At times it's because we're supporting something that originated from us. Your idea. I find, I find, I, just naturally I have a lot more energy for my ideas than yours. Right? Like I can get behind my idea, something that came from me. Much easier than something when I have to yield to what came out of you. So this was God's idea, right? So we can put some confidence and we can put some trust and we can put some rest in it. I, I, once, I thought it was Brother Sam Fife's idea to start all these communities, you know. Actually, we... We wanted to do this before we met even Sam Pfeiffer heard much about it. We were, we were looking to do kind of a like vision there. That's why it really, it sparked to us the idea of, hey, you know, we, we tried this in the last, and 
New Hampshire and were unsuccessful, like really gave it our good, some good shots at times down there, it, yeah. putting money down and just, it just did not work out until this click. This was our first choice right here across river. It was, we all had a vi vision of coming over here and double hauling everything and boating and having to change out lower ends and just the added cost of an expense of all this and maybe a bridge and we just, this is what we really sought. And here we have it and praise the Lord for that. So, I'm just letting God know I'm putting it back on him, his problem. But, back, but you know, back in Isaiah 65, it is just the idea that he's really watching over that, right? He's very jealous and very protective. Maybe because it was his idea. I don't know. <laughs> That's where we get that, right? Um, it's like he's the one guarding the city, right? right. He, he, it's his idea of, of the blessing resting in the cluster. And he's very protective and very jealous of that. And he's safeguarding it. And, no, and, and destroy it not, right? And it's like a vineyard, right? <clears throat> to, the, to the natural man at times, it may appear unfruitful. But, but, to, the, but to the owner, let's say... Um, which is God in that sense. He, he, he sees something in that cluster that's worth salvaging. He sees life in it, right? And he says, oh, hey, it's precious for brethren to dwell there. For there he's going to command the blessing, life everlasting, right? Eternal life. That's where the blessing is. Destroy it not. And I want to read this because I thought I, I searched this out a little bit. It's, it's one commentary. I mean, it's really short. But it says, it's, it's about the perspective of destroy it not in, in, what's in, the, in the cluster, in the value of the cluster. It says, <clears throat> now, in God, who, who, his original intent looked like I'm going to destroy this, but then he sees that and it's like, it's, 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 I'm going to protect that cluster, right? It's, I'm breathing upon the cluster. You know, it, Let's get to it, Rich. Okay. <laughs> now, lest the true, truly godly and gracious among these people should be distressed at such denunciations of wrath and destruction, it is suggested that from these, this remnant, according to the election of grace, should be saved from the general ruin, as when men are about to cut down a vine, or pluck it up, or prune the unfruitful branches of it, a single cluster of grapes is observed upon it in which the new wine is supposed to be and one saith, right? Isaiah 65, destroy it not for a blessing is in it. One that stands by, perhaps the owner of the vine seeing it says to his servant, spare that vine, do not cut it down or do not cut off the branch on which the cluster is for there is life and sap in it that it may grow and bring forth fruit. And, and I, I, my idea perhaps, or I just put this out, of why, why the blessing is in the new wine is because that grape, and I'm talking about the cluster, right? And I know before Brother Abel would get up and expose me, I, 
I, I, I'm, I, I'm talking about the cluster of grapes, uh, realizing at lunchtime I, I'm more a grape, not, not part of the cluster of grapes. And he usually points that out when he has opportunity. But I do believe, it may not be at the lunchtime, but I do believe in the gathering in the cluster. But the, I think the blessing is there because the grape endured the process of becoming new wine. And some of you probably know this about the process of, of becoming, going from a cluster of grapes, what's involved in becoming new wine. Right? You got that? Obviously, for starters, the, the plant has to be pruned for several years um, for, for starters there before it really will bear fruit. And, and it said in biblical times, now I read this, so I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, the grapes were harvested in, and I'm talking about the, why the blessing is perhaps because they were, the grapes endured the process of becoming wine. When you think about it, you know, when, when, you're, when you're in need, you, you, you don't seek out someone that's going to just give you, flip off an answer. You, you, you search for somebody that's endured the process. It carries some weight in the sense where they, there's depth and there's life in what they say. Isn't, I, isn't that true? I mean, really, you, when you really are looking for confirmation and you really want that kind of judgment like you you're, you're not you, you don't go to someone that's just going to agree or, or somebody that's not I use the word for lack of a better word in the shallows maybe but you really look for someone that's seasoned that, that may be able to direct you to this to the word of God but anyway I, I, I this is the process and we'll, we're heading for the home stretch here this says they were harvested in August or September, and it's, during that time it was a joyous occasion. So then they dried the grapes in the sun, and they were pressed by barefoot treading. Right, the grapes. Once they were dried, then they were pressed by the treading of feet upon you. Okay, that's part of the process. Being walked upon, to put it bluntly, your program. Your interest being stepped upon, perhaps, at times, being curtailed, being checked, you know. That's the process of the grape becoming the wine. But it says it was often in biblical times accompanied by dancing and songs, like there was, <laughs> as insult to injury. Someone stepping on your program, and they're doing it with joyful glee in their heart. <laughs> they're, they're, they're celebrating that they've been able to check you, right? And, and oftentimes it said the Egyptian artists, had, had, they depicted pictures of these uh, feet stepping on the grapes, right? Beneath their feet. And then once, the, once we, we're familiar with this next part here, once the grape juice was collected in a vat, the fermentation would begin, right? And, and in the initial period, it, um, a vat fermentation. It was transferred then to, to jars, right? And we're familiar with that process of being poured back and forth, right? Um, 
because as the wine sat in the jars during the, the, the continued uh, fermentation process. And I guess I feel like in some ways this is where we're, where we're at in this stage of the game, perhaps. Having to be poured back and forth. And, and as it sat, right, the, the impurities would, would go down to the bottom and then, have to be, then the wine would be poured into another vat. And so that process took place. Some, some scholars said it took, it took place in Israel's time for a 40-day period, which is a period of judgment, right? And so we're familiar with this verse, right? But in, in, in um, Jeremiah 48, Moab has been at ease from his youth and has settled on his lease, right? This is where we don't want to be, where we just stop that process. Like, I've had enough of the pouring back and forth. You know, you ever notice, like, I can't pour myself back and forth. I can't step up and do it. So it, it takes somebody else. And I say this cautiously, not like inviting trouble. I had some trouble the night before service. I just was, it was there. I didn't go inviting it, but it's like I had to deal with it. Like, just work through something. It was just like I... You know what I mean? Like you, you and I, we can't, we can't pour ourselves into the next vat. All right. So somebody else has to do that pouring and we got to, we got to be okay with it. Right. That's where the, the term shaking it off is helpful. Like when you get poured back and forth you, and, and you don't, it's, you don't like that at the hands of somebody else. You, you, you can't just stop there. It takes resilience just to, Okay, that happened. I gotta just—it's all part of God's plan. I'm gonna—I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna receive it, because Moab did not in his pride. He said, "That's enough for me," right? And he settled along his lees, and, and as a result, it says his scent remained in. Like he never—there's there, something in God's plan, and in this pouring back and forth that will result in the best new wine that that, that changes me. And I, I become better as a result of it. Never forgot, uh, Danielle Donaldson said this when we were back in New Hampshire. Like, at the time, and I, you know, she can't take it back because she said it, but it's like, it was very profound that she realized, um, and she had been through, as before they had Brianna, and she, but she had been through a wreck here, you know, and, and we were back in Solid. But she said she realized in all the pain that, that she experienced since coming into the body. And, and soon after she came into the body, her, her, her mom's husband was, was, was killed, you know, in service to, to, our, to us at the time. And so she went through a lot, but she said this is the point. She realized how much better she was as a result of coming into the body, since she came into the body and became a part of, of flowing with God's people, she was made better as a result. Like I've never forgotten it. Like it just, and I and, and I and I believe that. Like as much as at times as I've not liked some of you, you have really helped me. I mean, to be honest, like as my brother would say, a thistle. Some of you are thistles. Thistle ministry. <laughs> Wrong. 
That thing's a real thistle. I, I describe things in other ways. But, you know, I, I, ha I honestly believe I, I, I have been made better. Now, some I'm still in process. The jury's still out, but I know it's going to come back good, right, ultimately. And I don't want to destroy it, right? But it all begins. There's no new wine, right, without that cluster of grapes. And I want to, I'll leave us with this point. Um, that it, it would be a mistake to think um, that the unity of the Holy Spirit, that God intends, right? The gathering that he's, all, that he's been doing from long ago is in any way capable of being destroyed. First of all, I don't mean that when it says destroy it, not like somehow, my gosh, it, this unity is really in jeopardy. Like God's plan and his purpose could really be threatened. Like somehow my independence as strong of a force as my independence is, it's, it's, it is not in any way a threat. It can wreak havoc temporarily. But who's hurt by that the most? I mean, I said early on when I read, you know, it hurts the spirit of God. But really, the greatest pain of, of, of independence is, is what it causes me. The fire that I draw down on my own self. Taking my own, just simply taking my own direction. And I don't mean like, like, there's a lot more liberty here than what maybe we've ever had. And I think it's, I think the Lord has ordered it to see if we really will stay under the restraint of the Holy Spirit. And really keep ourselves in a place where we are answerable. It's, it's helpful for for me to be answerable to you. Like I, I get the best of what the body has available here when I, 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 I am accountable and I keep myself in that place where, where I'm answerable. I, you know, do I have to? No. Probably in, I may not even be called on anymore. That doesn't lessen the, the burden that I feel and, and we feel, should feel, to, to be answerable. If to get that to get the blessing that's available in the cluster, that's what it takes, right? But it's not as if my independence, God's purpose to gather a people, and we read this this morning. It's sure. This is Job twenty-three. But He is of one mind, and who can turn Him? And what His soul desireth, even that He doeth. I can't change. I can't change anything God intends to do, right? For me, it may slow it down. But my point is this. It's not as if... I, I'll say it like this. My, my independence will rob me of being a part of it. That's, that's the crux to the matter here. What's at risk of being destroyed? Is not the blessing, but me being a partaker of that blessing. That's what's at risk of being destroyed. Destroy it not. The opportunity to, to, to be a really a part and to get the best of what God has to offer in the cluster. And that cluster can be one or two. It doesn't mean just a big bunch. It does mean a bunch, but 
you know, he's, he's there in one or two as well. You know, a natural man's way of, of getting a blessing is, is to, to seek it for themselves, right? My carnal mind would say, I'm gonna, I, if I want to be blessed, I'm going to grab that for myself. But, but God's way to the, to, to the spiritual man, it really comes as a result of, of yielding, I believe, in, all, in continuing to stay, stay under, keep yourself in a place of subjection to the Holy Spirit, right? That comes by offering. <clears throat> and uh, maybe, you know, as you go out, you can think, think here tonight, what, what, what is the value of the, of the, of, of the cluster? The bunch, right? Eshko, that God's really doing. What's, what's the value, right? And I just rehearsed some of it that I have come to conclude for me. You know, um, because I don't always trust uh, as much as I, as I think of my own opinion. And in the beginning, you know, what stirred, what got God's ire up was they were relying on their own thoughts. That got his attention. Like this, you want to perhaps provoke God, start, start relying on your own thoughts and putting your thoughts above, I mean, even above others' thoughts and above God's thoughts. That might get his attention. But, uh, you know, and I, I have some skin in the game in this. You know, I would say, uh, I was telling somebody about this recently. It was, two th it was in the, just this time in 2013. And it was at Nelson's wedding. It was a joyous occasion. But also there was a lot of, of uh, havoc being wreaked uh, in the body here, if you recall. And for whatever reason, I just, it just occurred to me, it's like, it, it, it had the spirit come down like this thing's going to, implode <laughs> and you know I, I have to say anymore honestly it's hard you know I've been here from the start I don't want to see this place implode but you know what if it does our result would be that God's got something better right. I mean what, uh, right. it, we, we have to be of that mind frame that we have we would have to walk away from something I mean like who provided this blessing where did it all come from anyway? Should I, should I now take it to myself? What God has given? Right? And I, yeah. Try to keep the emotion out of this, but I'll say this. Because I want to say it. At that time, I was, when I first I got all... Uh, four boys together. And I could see then, you know, um, that what you know, I saw being together was a luxury. And that's exactly how I described it. I said, it's, yeah, it's nice, but you know, it's a luxury. And I said, it won't, we won't always have this. I said, well, I don't know when, but I said, it, it just, it's a luxury we won't always have. But I said, and I was, Assumed and I know I'm speaking for my wife too, but I said, uh, you know what? I, I like us being together. It's nice. And I, obviously then the grandkids 
and I like the Winston family. They're certainly the now they're the biggest family, which is great. I'm I am thrilled. <laughs> um, and they're growing. They got a nice little another grandson here. Thank you, Sam and Amanda. But I said I like all that. In fact, when I got grandkids, then I really like it. It helped me. Like I, I got to get hearing aids. This is, I'm, I, you know, it wasn't enough that my wife was telling me, having to repeat everything for me. It that didn't do it. But when when I couldn't hear the grandkids, and I thought, you know, I, I should probably try out hearing aids. But I remember saying this, and then I've said it a numerous times, a few times to to them individually. That uh, you know. I'm not here because you guys are here. And you're not here because I'm here. That doesn't do it. That family stuff only is, it goes so far. I mean, I love, I, I love family, but the, the, real, the real burden upon us should be fighting for God's family. I don't mean just Whitestone Farm, but I mean for his family really to come together in the spirit of unity and, to, and to, to get to, to not harbor division to try to, to deal a blow to that however whatever is incumbent upon me my responsibility but I said if you, if you ever feel like you want to take another direction what I would really want mainly is for you to feel like you've, you've heard from God that God is leading you and, and, and also that that and I guess I said this for myself. If I ever go, that I would want to, to seek out those of like precious faith in some form or fashion. That I just would not, because it's like I, leaving here doesn't mean we throw the baby out with the bathwater like I just, I, I've come up in. Like the need to be covered. Right? You, our kids are steeped in it. You, our kids still will say like they're just, it's ingrained in them they need to be covered. They listen to their language at times. Okay, Did, are you, do you have a covering? Yes, I have a covering. And they know when they don't have a covering that maybe they're in jeopardy a little bit. Right, it's just like we understand. We've come to, to, to see that there's a value in, a, in a God's covering. Not, not somebody controlling your life. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just being accountable, being answerable to some, something outside of yourself. Where there would be somebody that could speak, where you and I would give access to someone to speak into your life that, that, that could help the furthering of God and the growth of God. It's about growth. You know, like, am I doing, is this, is this a good, whatever it is. And then I said, with that, I'm be the first to help, help you pack. And I still believe that, right? And I hope that's where all of us are. I mean, not just, I didn't discover that. I know some of you have worked through that as well. I don't mean just parents with kids. I'm just, I'm just talking about how you frame this thing and how you, how you, the things that are deeply seated in you that just cannot be taken away from you, whether, wherever you are, it's deeply ingrained. And I know our senses can become dulled and we have to, Safeguard that, right? You want to watch where you put yourself so that you don't, uh, you know, you don't minimize the power of, of bonds that, that, that you make that really can just 
dull you out and take away and just dull your senses where you lose the sense of need for for judgment in your life and you start you shift for just something that, that that appears to be blessing or something that everybody else is doing you know some the next new thing that's there's always going to be some new thing coming down that can entice you and i if our senses become dull right so I said I was going to leave you with that. What did I say I was going to leave you with? Okay. This, the blessing, <laughs> the new wine is found in the cluster and there's a blessing in it. Destroy it. Destroy it, Matt. All right. We will, we will pray. Any, any announcements here? Okay, Lord, we count these times precious. We just pray that uh, you would make this, con just continue to make it real in our own hearts in a very personal way, Lord. We quiet ourselves, Lord, before you. We reset our, our uh, trust in you, Lord. We align ourselves with your purpose and your plan for there to be a people, to be a cluster, to be a bunch that's gathered in your name, Lord. We, we, we look for that, Lord, and we sow to that tonight. We thank you, Father, that it's your idea and that, that your purpose and your plans fail not. In Jesus' name, amen.